Hi, welcome to the Bougie in a Backpack podcast. I'm Angel Tran from Pennywise Traveler, and we're so excited for you to be here today. We have a guest today, and she's going to be talking about how she travels around the world for zero dollars. Today, I'm happy to welcome Daniela Beck, and she's been to over 70 countries and six continents, and she's stayed at a lot of places for zero dollars with local hosts. So here's Daniela. Hi, thanks so much for having me. You want to go more a little more detail about your bio and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So I started traveling probably about three years ago. It was in 2021. During that time, I you know, was in a job that fortunately was fully remote and still to this day, um, my current job is fully remote as well. Um, so that really gave me a really great opportunity to travel. And we were still kind of getting out of COVID and all of that great stuff. So I figured, you know, I was going to be leaving the job soon. I had some PTO that I needed to burn. And I figured, why not just go ahead and travel? So I went to Spain for a week. Um, then I went to Mexico and then I went to Aruba. And that kind of kickstarted my love of travel. So ever since then, as you mentioned in the intro, I've been to over 70 countries on six continents. Haven't been to Antarctica yet, but it's definitely on my bucket list once I finish grad school um, in 2026. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much about me. Oh, perfect. So we actually have a podcast episode about someone going to Antarctica recently. So if you haven't been to Antarctica, go listen to that episode just because she gives tips. And I've been to Antarctica too. We have tips in that episode about how to get to Antarctica. So that's a really good episode to listen to. Tell us like how you got started with this remote job. Like where'd you find this remote job? So I was pretty lucky, at least with the first one. So the first one, it was supposed to be in person But then, of course, you know, the pandemic happened and that particular company, they're like a big Fortune 500 tech company. So previously they had done remote, but maybe only like 10 or 20 percent of the workforce. But now, like even if you would go on their website today, most of the roles are at least 50 to 100 percent work from home. Um, So I just happened to kind of be in the right place at the right time when they were making that transition from, hey, we barely have any jobs that are remote to pretty much all our jobs are remote. And by the time I left the company, they still had not fully went back to the office. Um, So that's kind of how the first one happened. Um, I've had two jobs since, and both of those I found on LinkedIn, just going in the filters for jobs and looking for remote opportunities. I actually had a recruiter for my second role reach out to me and for the third role um, as well. So definitely, you know, optimizing my LinkedIn profile, saying, you know, trying to make it clear that I was looking for remote jobs that could work well with my lifestyle, and then just connecting with folks who were hiring for those sorts of opportunities. Do you have any tips about your LinkedIn profile just because you found jobs off LinkedIn? Absolutely. So some uh, tips I have include just having a completely filled out profile, like, you know, basic things matter, you know, a professional headshot, um, a headline, um, a brief introduction about who you are and what you're looking for, um, having your experiences listed out, any sort of certifications, volunteer experience, just filling it out to the best of your abilities because you never know what particular resources or opportunities are going to stick out to a recruiter. Um, so that would be my biggest advice because it really improves the SEO um, opportunities that you can have with your profile. If you don't mind me asking, do you want to give an example of yours? I know that you're not actively like looking <laughs> right now, but like just in case, cause like our audience, they love details. So they want to know yes. like, 
how it looks like and stuff. So like, give yeah. us like, you know, like we know your name, of course, but like what job you had and everything. Just give like a sample of like, I know this sounds really funny because you're like, you're doing like a podcast, but you're reading your yes. resume. But then this is going to help people because like people want like a job like yours. You have to remember that. Like, because remote jobs, like nowadays, it's like with the pandemic, like not being as intense and stuff, it's a lot harder to find. So I know people are going to want to hear your details. Absolutely. So I actually just opened it up on another browser. So I have my name. I have project manager at the company I currently work at, which if you look me up on LinkedIn, it's pretty obvious because my banner behind my photo is also from the company that I work at. And then I also so usually if you do multiple like abilities or skills it's good to highlight that in your headline so i also uh post on airbnb i actually also i live for free at home because i do a little something called house hacking which if you're not familiar um you buy a home um let's say it's like a three four bedroom house you rent out the other rooms you live in one um you know rent out the other two or three and then essentially that will cover your living expenses so mortgage utilities etc um, so that's also something that I frequently post about on LinkedIn. Um, so that is why I include it on my profile as well. Um, underneath that, I have my location. So I actually live in Wilmington, Delaware, but honestly, who cares about Wilmington? So I just have greater Philadelphia because I live like 20 minutes south of Philly. Um, so that's pretty much what I have there. I have an open to work. So essentially that is any sort of, you know, jobs that I could be looking for like i'm not actively looking for jobs for example but you know other rather than having that like open to work green banner this actually works for getting like recruiters attention so a few of the roles that you know i would be interested in the future are program manager product manager product owner scrum master etc because i have some certifications for that um for my featured i have some articles like from google and uh, my university when I was an undergrad because um, I had won some awards, so I have those listed. My activity, which is essentially, hey, these are like some some uh, posts that I do. I think a big part of why I've been able to get so many followers on LinkedIn is just through continuous posting um, two or three times a week. And then I have my about section, which is essentially, you know, hi, my name is Daniela. This is my background. This is what I'm looking for. And here are like a list of my top skills, most of which are like more technical skills like SQL, Jira, Tableau, et cetera. And then diving into my experience, I include not only like my experience working in tech uh, with bullet points, with action verbs, um, but also my Airbnb host experience too, um, just because that is something that I'm actively trying to grow. My education, I'm actually starting my MBA um, this coming summer of 2024, so I have that listed. Um, any sort of certifications that I have, so I have like a product owner, scrum master. Um, when I used to work at the, the big tech company, when I started working remote, I have some certifications from them as well that I still keep on my profile. Skills, and then if you're able to get any sort of recommendations, that is really helpful too. So I know I just covered a lot. And I could probably keep going, but I hope that gives you like a good, just brief summary of like what my profile looks like. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1, since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, that that sounds good. That's a good brief summary. And just curious, because you work at, you worked in tech, did you have um, did you major in computer science or were you? I did not, and that's a big misconception that you have to be in a CS person to be an engineer, or because there's a lot of adjacent roles in tech. So tech has every sort of role: HR, sales, marketing. Um, you know, project management. So kind of what I do is more of the the business project management side. So for the last three or so years, since I had graduated with my bachelor's degree, I've been working at these tech companies, um, big ones and startups as well, as a project manager on the business side. So while I do have to have some, you know, technical expertise, which I got through my bachelor's in information systems, I'm not necessarily the one who's like, programming like the applications if that makes sense so there's definitely a lot of opportunities um even to be self-taught as well um so i would definitely like not count yourself out if you don't have a you know a cs degree or an engineering degree it's a lot about the experiences that you make for yourself and then ultimately like the internships and jobs that you get as a result of those experiences so to supplement that, like what um what online courses did you take? So there's a couple, you know, good courses that I recommend. Obviously, like a Coursera, Udemy, those sorts of like plural site, like those sorts of websites have some great introductory like 
coding classes or, you know, digital marketing classes or project management classes. So you really have like a nice kind of breadth of things that you can study. So I would say, you know, just focus on the types of things that you want to do. I know Google has uh, these career course certifications, which are really great. Um, and they're pretty cheap as well. And I've heard people actually get jobs after that, and like IT support, product management, digital marketing, UX, UI design. So there's a lot of options. Um, so I would say maybe explore a bit and then really focus on one or two specific areas that you're really passionate about and then go from there. But of course, if you don't try things out, you're not going to know. Right. So yeah, I that would be my biggest advice. Yeah. Did you have like, if people want to go on LinkedIn and add you as a friend, like, do you have the courses that you took from online? So then like they can just find it yes, and go into it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like if you, so Daniela has it listed on her LinkedIn if you want to creep at her profile and add her as a friend and then see like hey this is how she did her LinkedIn profile this is how she found jobs this is the courses she took online just because she didn't have a computer science degree so she kind of like networked her way in into like getting a job off LinkedIn and then she got a job off yeah. off LinkedIn too so like look at her profile see some tips on there just to see like how to network and stuff and if you're interested in house hacking, she also has like part of it as part of her profile too. I think it's kind of cool that you listed house hacking as a part of your profile too. Cause like, I don't I think did. that's something that people like expect, like, you know, like, cause they like, they think of like LinkedIn as a professional like place just to put only like your work stuff, but you put your Yeah, but it is a it. job, you know, for me, I consider, you know, doing this Airbnb, it is a business because not only obviously are you renting out rooms in your house but you have to market the property getting professional photos um you know writing a good description um including the amenities that customers are looking for in your particular market which can vary obviously for example my market is full of or people who are just moving to the area and looking for a place to live which is going to be vastly different from i'm going here on a mountain retreat vacation right so that's other things you have to think about so marketing is super important and just figuring out like the LinkedIn algorithms pricing is as huge as well and having a strategy for that because if you don't then if it's too expensive then nobody's going to stay at your place if it's too cheap then you're going to not get a very high quality guess so I actually use you know it's actually a lot of work when you really think about it so that's why I was like you know, it's kind of like running your, I pretty much run my own business through Airbnb, which is why I have that listed on my profile. No, that's good. I wanted to ask you also, so because you didn't have a CS degree, did you do a lot of projects before that just to apply for jobs and stuff? Because you were applying. Yeah, for so a lot of internships. So I had five internships between 2018 and 2020. Yeah, 2020. So in two years, I had five internships. I think the biggest thing for me was just starting early. So a lot of people after their first year or after like the first, you know, like two, one or two semesters, you think, oh, I'm not ready for an internship yet. I should wait. And actually, there's a lot of really great programs out there for undergraduate freshmen and sophomores who are interested in um, like careers in tech. So if you actually look on my profile you can see i actually found a lot of great resources for when i was just starting out and my very first internship which i I don't have my internship listed anymore um was actually after my first year of university um and that really set me up to be able to get a really great um investment banking internship 
uh, after my second year. So I would say, you know, definitely start early, do your research, try to find those programs, hopefully get accepted into one or two and really start building your resume early. That's really helpful just because like, I know that some people like they expect it like, oh, well, like you're a junior and senior in college. That's when you apply for for internships. But you're like, no, <laughs> you start from the freshman year. Yeah, that, you got to start early. And it. I mean, not necessarily yeah. like internships, but even these sort of like shadowing programs, mentorship programs, um, you know, like women in tech programs, like there's a whole ton of them. So I think just figuring out what those are and learning from the people ahead of you is really important. Yeah, I think so. It's it's really helpful to have a good um, mentor and stuff. I um I started in tech later in life because I worked in advertising first, but then when I got mm-hmm. into tech, I found a really good mentor too. So it's it's like the mentorship part is really helpful just because if you're still absolutely corporate culture you kind of have to like have someone help you out there and if not like and sometimes you find your your mentor by accident right like it's all by like done by like networking once you get through to the workplace and stuff for networking wise Mm -hmm. did you learn did you take a linkedin course to learn how to use linkedin or networking are you just honestly i just kind of forced myself to attend any sort of like mixers on campus and that's how i learned to network they had a program i think for freshmen at my university that was like the welcome aboard. It's some kind of like freshman thing, but they teach you how to network and, you know, they get you assigned to a mentor and you kind of walk through like, what does the mentorship relationship look like? So it was a really good blueprint and kind of a trial run for me. So then what actually I needed to make more, um, you know, really important mentorship connections, looking for jobs later on, I already kind of knew how to navigate that experience without feeling like weird about it. That's good. Yeah. Um, for LinkedIn, how did you learn how to use LinkedIn or just playing around with LinkedIn? Yeah. So I think initially it was playing around. It was seeing other students like around my age um, and still like I'm very close with them now, but they were posting all this cool stuff. And I was like, wow, you know, like if I did like 2% of what they do, then I'll be like set for life pretty much. I'll get like a great job. I'll do this. I'll do that. So I started connecting with them. Um, following them on LinkedIn, seeing what they were posting. And then honestly, just if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So trying to post like my own type of content. So if I was going to a conference, I post about what I learned from that. If I read a book, I'd be like, what did I learn from that? Um, When it related to business or tech or something in those um, domains. So yeah, that was kind of how I started. And just again, being consistent is huge, like posting once a week, once every other week. And then eventually I was able to get like a pretty big following. Oh, that's good. What business and tech books did you recommend? Oh my God. There's so many. Um, so I've <laughs> been reading a, a lot. <laughs> I've been reading business books. I've been re- reading a lot of real estate um, just because I, that's kind of where my mind is right now with expanding my Airbnb business. So bigger pockets is like awesome for that. Um, let me see some other books that I've been reading. Um, definitely, like, I forget the author, but it's called Vivid Vision. That's a really great book. So essentially, it helps you really focus on, you know, what are your core priorities? And how are you going to, like, make your life so vivid, like, of life, like, three to five years from now that you know, okay, this is the end result. Now, how do I backtrack? And what are the actions that I can start today? to really get myself to that future state that I want. Um, so that's a really good one. Uh, tech books, I mean, I was 
reading, I like reading autobiographies quite a bit. So like, um, or biographies, so like the Elon Musk autobiography, um, excuse me, that just came out, the Steve Jobs biography, um, Bob Iger, who's the CEO of Disney, um, read his. And I think there's a lot of lessons you can learn from these uh, leaders in both business as well as in tech. Okay, so like definitely look look into those books if you're interested in learning more about business and tech and also see how like Daniela, because like, I mean, I'm pretty sure LinkedIn has a history too of like how you talked about certain books and stuff. And then just kind of like- Absolutely. Look, in, look into that format of how she does things to get your like LinkedIn working and stuff. That sounds good. Absolutely. Okay, so I think this is a good segue to talk about how you got started staying for free for like $0 in all these different countries. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So how I started is I was in, I, I was on a couple of different Facebook groups for women travelers. And I remember there was a lady, um, she was offering like, because uh, I was there for like a week, like in between trips. And I remember she was offering like a ticket to see like one of the like daytime talk shows um, for free because she had like a spare and I guess the person who was going to go with her like had to cancel. So I was like, okay, why not? This will be fun. And then she started telling me about this group um, on Facebook called Host a Sister. And essentially the, the whole premise of this group is to meet women um, or female identifying individuals that you can stay with for free in different cities. Um, and there's like a certain format you have to follow. Everyone's screened before they join the group. So it's things like, where are you located? What dates can you host? Um, or if you're a guest, like what kind of host you were looking for. And then it's really easy to just go through the group and be like, hey, I want to go to Montreal, Canada for X to X dates and find somebody who can host you. So that was actually my first host was in Canada. Um, she was amazing. Um, got to like eat a lot of good Canadian food, um, explore the city with her, go to like this really old cathedral. It was so much fun. And then I was also able to get another host there based in Rio de Janeiro uh, in Brazil when I went last April. So I would definitely recommend that site. Um, you'd be surprised at the breadth of places they're willing to offer, most of which are in Europe and the US, but occasionally like myself, you might be able to find something like in South America or Asia. That's pretty cool. Like I, I think of like couch surfing. So I haven't used couch surfing for like a long, long time. <laughs> but like I use yeah. That, like, so this is a little different. Yeah, but yeah. I also use couch surfing too. But I just like this group better because the quality is a little higher. And also, what's great about that group is pretty much everyone that I have stayed at, we've like WhatsApp or like FaceTime, like video called. Um, so that's really great too, just to be sure like, Hey, you know, you are you, I am my, I am who I say I am and we can figure something out. Do you have any women's safety tips just for going to like doing th things like this? Absolutely. So definitely seeing reviews of, um, you know, who these people are and how they have dealt with, uh, guests in the past. So personally for me, at least on couch surfing, I don't stay with anyone unless A, they're verified and B, they have at least like three to five good reviews over the last year. Because if they don't, then it's like maybe they stopped, maybe their situation changed. Um, if they have any pictures of like what the room looks like, that's also a plus. Because sometimes, you know, you show up somewhere and the situation, like the host is nice, but just the situation you're stepping into is different from maybe what you had imagined. Um, so definitely getting clarity on the accommodations, the host and the reviews is really important. 
Um, another thing I like to do too is, as I mentioned like a minute ago, was having a call with the host just to clarify expectations. Um, a lot of times it could pick you up from the airport. So like, hey, what time are you like arriving? Um, you know, expectations about things that potentially you could help them with uh, while you're staying with them and all that great stuff. So that overall has helped me to to stay safe while using these platforms. Oh, that's good. Um, so for most of the countries that you've been to, the 70 countries and so, how many of them were the host assister and the couch surfing ones? I'd say probably about 70. I'd say probably about 25 or 30. Um, just because I found out about this sort of platform about a year ago. Um, so I'd say the majority, if not all of those countries were covered by this method. 20 or 30 countries I've done in the past year or year and a half I've done via this method just because... Um, that's when I found out about like this was even a thing and it existed, um, the whole host sister couch surfing sort of thing. Um, but prior to that, I usually try to stay at Airbnbs. Like I just love, well, you all know how much I love Airbnbs. So I, you know, I stayed at a lot of Airbnbs. So now I kind of, what I find is, you know, if I'm working remotely, I try to stay at an Airbnb, but if I'm taking PTO, then sometimes I'm more willing to stay with a host. Just It just really depends on the situation. But that's kind of where I find like my 50-50 split nowadays. Would you say like, so if you're going to, let's say that you're going to like a place, like you're going to Rio, would you spend your entire time usually at the hostess sister or would you spend like half-half with Airbnb or hostess sister? I would usually spend and at, at, at one place, I spend the entire time either at a couch surf, host sister, or Airbnb. I don't like to split time just because I like having a designated space where I can focus, right? Because for me, it's really important not to be jumping around every week or two because I already do that too much anyways. So while I'm in a country or I'm in a city, I try to stick to like one or two places at most. Yeah, I'm just wondering, just because I know that sometimes um, the date restrictions, so let's say, like, they can only host you for, like, let's say, like, two or three days, but you're there for, like, a week. So, like, mm. how would you make up for the other days? Like, you would just decide not In to In that Airbnb case, then I would just day. get an Airbnb for, like, a night or two, but, yeah, that's usually what I would do. Yeah, just because I know some hosts, they can only host, like, for a few days, or would you go, like, um, Airbnb the whole time? That's, that's what I was wondering, if, if it came yeah, down to I that. Yeah, I just... Just Airbnb the whole time in that case, just because, again, I really like, at least that's like a personal preference of mine, but I really like being in the same place the whole time. Yeah. Has the hosts, if you worked remotely, have the hosts ever found it like awkward that you're working from remote from one of their house? No, I think, you know, it's important to set expectations clearly from the beginning in any sort of life circumstance, especially when you're sharing accommodations with someone else. So if you're like, hey, you know, for example, I'm going to be working from X to X time, but maybe we can get dinner together or maybe we can get breakfast or something like that. Usually they're really open to those sorts of requests. But that's why I, you know, the first thing I do is like, hey, I work remote. Is that is that okay? These are the timings. I just want to make sure that that's not going to interfere with anything that you're doing. And nine times out of 10, they're super supportive. And they're like, yeah, sure. Like, no problem. Like, we'll work something out so that we can spend time together, have that cultural exchange. But I also can like do the work that I need to do. Yeah. Have you ever had a situation where you had to leave a host because it felt awkward? I did. I did. It happened twice. And I think the biggest thing is just going with your gut and knowing from the beginning, if knowing as soon as you know, like, hey, this isn't comfortable for me, or hey, this just, 
was not what I was expecting. Um, being able to be flexible, fast on your feet and being able to find like another accommodations quickly. So usually in that case, I'll just let them know, um, you know, no hard feelings or anything like that. I'll go ahead and cancel the stay. And then I'll like find something on Airbnb for like, like that same day or night or whatever. So that's usually what I do. But usually they're pretty understanding. Everybody's different. Everyone has different preferences, different needs. And you know, you might do all this research, like I, I've mentioned before, but that doesn't guarantee that the place is still going to be the right fit for you. No, I definitely agree with that. It's like applying for a job, right? Like you, like the, yeah. the job looks great on paper, right? The company looks great mm-hmm. on paper, won all these different awards or whatnot. But once you get to the job and you realize like, okay, maybe my, my dynamic doesn't fit in with the team. So like, yeah. it's like that kind of situation. Totally, totally. And it, you know, it happens and you know, I've even in my Airbnb experience, I've had a few guests who, you know, this house might not be the best fit for them, which is totally, I mean, I'm super flexible, but that's totally fine. And I was, you know, you have to just respect the decisions of the other people. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, How many, like, let's say that you're trying to apply for a place to go to for hostess historic couch surfing. How many requests do you go through before you hit one that says yes? for like that I'd say probably about five to seven realistically sometimes up to ten um really just depends on the city um and the amount of people that are hosting so for these bigger cities like Rio or Buenos Aires or Paris or London you can get somebody like really fast but let's say you're going to like St. Lucia or Dominica or somewhere like that um then it's going to be really hard to try to find someone. So you might have to send 10 or 15 requests until you find somebody who's actually available to host and is still active on the platform most of the time. Do you have any advice about like standing out in your application? I know it's so funny because we talked about like the networking with the LinkedIn and now yeah. we're talking about the host and sister application, mm-hmm. but it's both applications, right? Like, cause like on your LinkedIn, it's, it's pretty, pretty much. Like, yeah. Out. Yeah. So I think for me, like the biggest thing is just um, saying like anything you have in common with the host, like a second language you both speak or hobbies that you both have and just really using that to your advantage and like proposing to do something nice for them, like helping around the house or, you know, practicing like another language with them. Um, A lot of them just really are seeking that intercultural exchange. So anything that you can offer to facilitate that, I think is huge. So that would be my advice for standing out is not just say, hey, I'm coming for X and X date, but actually offer something of value in return. So they're more likely to accept your request. That makes sense. Have you done any fun things with them, like kind of like cooking in their local like cuisine or anything like that before? Yeah, I've done that with a few hosts. I went to an amusement park with a host. That was really fun. Um, another host I have, he let me borrow his his um, bicycle. So I use that to go to a bunch of local beaches in the Bahamas, um, which was really fun. Yeah, usually just cooking meals with them or going to like a museum or something with them usually is what we do. But occasionally yeah. it'll be like, they'll let me borrow something and then I can go on like a, a, a separate trip on my own. Do you pay for their thing too? So let's say like you're going out to like a restaurant to get dinner or like going to a museum together. Do you usually pay for their, their um, ticket? Yeah, I try to, or at least offer. Um, doesn't mean that they're always going to accept it. They're like, no, you're my guest. Like I'll pay for you. But I think it's really nice at least if you offer and it's like culturally accepted, but like you offer at least. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's like, like difficult yeah. in that kind of situation. So like understanding like the local culture and if it's okay to do so, why not? you know 
Yeah, I'm just trying to say, like, because um, I know people are going to ask, like, what is the right way? Because it's, like, one thing to get free accommodation, but how you act, show up as a guest is another thing, right? Like, you wouldn't want yeah. someone, like, you know, like, like just, like, kind of, like, the um, the etiquette. So, like, that's what I was more of uh, mm-hmm. asking, like, like, what would you totally. say is some, like, other etiquette that people should, like, so besides, like, offering to pay for their, like, let's say, like, your ticket for the museum or the dinner, like, what other etiquette would you, like, recommend? Just help them if they need help, like, be with, if they're struggling with something or if they need help with something, like, offer to do the dishes or offer to, you know, help them prepare a meal. Um, really just offer yourself as help rather than, like, hey, I'm just staying here for free for the next four days, right? So, that would be a big advice. Also, just being very friendly in all your interactions, you know, even a simple good morning or hello, that really goes a long way. Um, so really trying to put yourself in a space where you can spend time with your host is really important. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Just because you don't want them to feel like you're using them just for free accommodation, just because they posted Absolutely. on or like host a sister doesn't give you the right to kind of like treat them like a hotel, right? Like, like where exactly. you just go in yeah. as you please, right? Like you want to try to like make conversation with this person. Like, of course, you set up your expectations too. Like kind of like how like, um, like for you, you're telling them that you're, re- you're working remotely, you're leaving at this time, you're coming at this time. You want to set time up also where you like try to at least hang out with them you know absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely do you have any other tips about like um like that you want to give out well feel free to reach out to me you know where to find me on linkedin (laughs) i'm not sure you know if there's going to be my other contact info that's going to be uh here but feel free to reach out i'm always happy to you know i have people hit me up on linkedin all the time Um, Because I was just posting about helping because, you know, it's like a difficult job market out there right now. And I have like a very stable job at the moment. So I was like, hey, anybody like if anyone needs a referral, they want to speak about Lyme. And I got probably at least, oh, my gosh, like 20 or 30 in mails like in two days like it was insane. And I was like, whoa, okay. (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I posted it on the wild that I mean I'm happy because of course like I would, like I get a referral bonus and all of that I actually have so I think out of the 30 like 10 I ended up like referring because they were good fits for the roles and then out of the 10 I'd say like five got interviews and out of the five there's like two of them that are doing really well and might like actually get the position so we'll see you know but I'm not you know I'm hoping at least one of them gets a job because if they do at least you know it worked you know no no for <laughs> sure for sure like, it might as um, well help you know I don't just give referrals out willy-nilly it's a lot of like hey you know like um like why do you like my company like what are the things that you're looking for and not just like the generic can you give me a referral like I like when people want to set up time with me ask about the company because I have a lot of students who you know they can't really because my company they don't really do internships like they do that they're like very few and far in between like they don't have like one of those internship or new grad programs like some of these bigger startups or corporations do so a lot of times I have students reaching out to me like hey can you tell me about your experience or how you pivoted into this kind of job and you know those are my favorite types of calls because it's like you're not really it's not like they're not asking for anything but it's more like they're just genuinely curious about like my career and in the future if there's something that pops up I I would think of them and be like hey I'll reach back out to that person who talked to me two months ago about you know xyz role at my company 
That makes sense. Just because you never know if you switch roles either. You want to have a, like a good like relationship with anybody. You just never know. This is going to sound you never really know. funny. But you're going to laugh when I tell you tell you this. So I used to work at um, Barclays. So one of the people I met in my hostel, this was in Budapest. And guess what happened? My f- friend from Budapest that I met in the hostel, we're in the same room. We're still friends today. He moved to New Zealand. Oh, so, cool. My boss is my old boss's boss when I used to work at Barclays. He knew him. You oh never know. Gosh. You never know. You never know. Anyone. This is from me staying at the same hostel as this person. His oh my friend goodness. knew my boss's old boss at the same company. Like you wow. never know who knows anyone, and they were all connected. It was so funny because um he was visiting New York, and then he was like, "Oh yeah, you work at a Barclays," and he was like, "Do you know this person?" <laughs> he went through, and I'm like, "Yeah," and then I was like, "Oh my god!" And then when I looked up that person, when we because you know you can look up people, and I was like, "That's my yeah. boss's old boss." <laughs> Like, like, you never know, like, who knows anyone, like, you know, so it's, it's a small world out there. It totally is. Do you have any tips about, like, (laughs) when you get people from, like, referrals and stuff, like, what do you recommend? Like, I know, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry if this feels like a job interview, but, like, I feel like people are going to ask this question. Like, you know, like... (laughs) What what makes them stand out for like getting referrals and stuff? Because like like you said, like this is a tough economy right now. Like what what like when you're doing all these informational interviews from getting people like, hey, I want to talk to you over like a quick phone call or a quick like coffee. Like, what are some like things that make you want to give them like a recommendation and stuff? Just because well, I know first of all, out. we do virtual coffees around here because uh, I live in Delaware and I mean I am like the only employee, like the only employee at my company who lives in Delaware and only like one of like three I think that live in like greater Philly so it's very hard for me to like meet people in person oh that's like a different story but anyway what like makes people like for me like really stand out is having done their research on the company because even for me like what makes my referrals really strong and more likely to get interviews is always ask people hey out of like the company's core values which you can find on the website online what's your favorite and why and half of them don't even give me like a correct value and i'm just like oh my god so definitely doing your research on the company (laughs) just spend 20 minutes look one up and just write it back to me in like three or four sentences it's not it's like a very easy you know ask because for me that helps me kind of get your resume to the head of the line but unfortunately yeah just definitely just put in that 10 or 20 minutes because you would be surprised at how many people don't a lot of can you give an example of a good core value if you were to look up one like if someone was yeah so good core value is um so my company one of them is see clearly with optimism um so they're like probably seven or nine of them so i like see clearly with optimism because you know there's a lot of situations that are very difficult um, but it's important to always, you know, see see the things for what they are, but be optimistic because, you know, your mindset and your attitude really helps shift a lot of things, like a lot of the results of things that happen in your life. So that's one that definitely, at least on a personal level, really relates to me. Um, there's other ones like do what's right for the planet, which I work in the micro mobility space. So I work for an e-bike, e-scooter company. Um, so because of that, you know, it's super important, um, to definitely, if you have any relevant experience with like, you know, reducing carbon emissions or doing like environmental work to like mention that one. Um, yeah, there's like a couple more, but those are like two in particular that like stand out to me. 
And do people like usually when they like talk about those things, do, do you prefer that they relate to like a personal um thing that like a personal thing that a personal side project that they have, or do you prefer them yeah. to relate to like a previous job that had that example? It could like, be a side project. It could be a job. I mean, if they're in university, something they did in like a class, like it honestly doesn't matter. The biggest thing is like, hey, this is like something that I did and this is how it relates to like Lyme's core values or like what this job at Lyme like entails so that would be my biggest piece of advice that makes a lot of sense so Danielle she gave a lot of good advice about networking on LinkedIn also her presentation in the Bougie and Backpack virtual summit is going to be a how to stay for free for zero dollars so if you want to learn more about that but you can see how the general overview that she kind of just like it's all about networking. Like, definitely add her on LinkedIn if you want to learn more about how she networks and see an example in real time. Because it's all the networking that she's done. She's going to go more in detail at the summit. So this is going to be a good one. All right. Thank you so much.